You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers who kick off the 2021-22 campaign today, as always. My name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News. And today, that is right. As I said already, it is game day. The Pacers play a game at 7.30 tonight in New York against the New York Knicks. And we're going to break it down. Normally for these game previews during the season, even maybe during the preseason, we have someone who covers the opposing team on to talk about that team, what they look like right now, how they could beat the Pacers, how the Pacers could beat them, vice versa, and all that. But we haven't seen anybody play. You know, the Knicks did have an interesting offseason with some changes, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But, you know, we don't know what these teams are. So really the value of today's show is let's look at what the Knicks are and what challenges they present that will help us learn about the Pacers. And that will help preview this game because the preseason result, it doesn't matter, right? If the Pacers win or lose, no one's going to care. If no one gets hurt, objective accomplished, you learn something about the team. If they win, great. If they lose, whatever, you move on. But what can you learn specifically from the Knicks how can the Pacers beat the Knicks, if that really matters to you? And just a general game preview. That's the kind of stuff I want to talk about with these preseason previews. And yesterday, we talked about what to watch for in, in the preseason in general, right? Trends, patterns, stuff that you'll want to know as a Pacers fan to walk away from the game and go, or walk away from the preseason and go, okay, this is how I'm feeling about the team now. I expect XYZ from them going into the season. But with the game-specific stuff, it's, okay, what about the, again, it's what's specific to the Knicks that we can take away from this game and learn about the Pacers. So let's jump right in. And the biggest thing to me, and then the reason this is a decently good team for the Pacers to start off their preseason against, is the Knicks were really good on defense last year. I think they finished third, top five, whatever, you know, basketball reference estimates their possessions. They had them finishing third in defensive rating last year. That's a good test to start your season. They have Knicks. We without Mitchell Robinson, he's their only player out on the injury report this season. And he is, or this game, excuse me, and he is a good defender. So that does take away a little bit from them, but they're still rolling out. A very strong defensive team. Julius Randle was was very good on defense last year. Took a massive step forward. Evan Fournier is still a decent defender. R.J. Barrett is a decent defender despite reputation. They still have Taj Gibson and Nerlens Noel inside. They're decent defenders. Manuel Quickly was an underratedly good guard defender last year. Up and down their roster, just some some good defenders in their schemes. Really good. Thibodeau, their coach, has been a good defensive coach his entire NBA tenure. Right, that's actually been his calling card is getting his teams to buy in and be solid on that end of the floor. So that's a good test for the Pacers to start their season, right? We kind of know what they're, you know, what we kind of know that the Pacers are going to be different on offense, right? So if they stink, it might just be that they're still learning a new system. That's certainly possible. But the Knicks being a good defense is a good te- litmus test of like, okay, you know, maybe they're running stuff, but the Knicks are shutting it down versus, okay, the, the, their offense looks kind of wonky with the system they have. There's a lot that'll play into all that. And I think playing a good defensive team will be a good test for that, especially, you know, the Knicks don't allow a ton on the inside, and Robinson was a big part of that. He's not playing. And, of course, these games will be wonky with rotations in general anyway, so you might only be able to take a lot from maybe 10, 15 minutes of this game where it's starters on starters or full rotation against full rotation. But you can see, again, you'll be able to see this new Rick Carlisle, as described by Pacers players in practice, spread out offense, right, Five out. We're going to hit the head. Whoever catches the rebound, they're going to push. They're going to be the guy running up the floor. All these things that we haven't seen from the Pacers in years past. Bjorkman was more complicated. He had all these intricate sets and set up, 
run this play to then set up this play stuff. And his defense was a different story. And it made the offense a little better last year, but not great still. So how does Carlisle system uh, work against a good defensive team in the Knicks? You know, he he has had success in the NBA for years. So has Thibodeau. So it, it's a preseason game. You know, you know, teams aren't going to be tipping their full caps this early in the season. But it is a good test for the Pacers to see what kind of stuff we're going to get from them as the season goes on. And if they can do well or generate good looks very often against a good defensive team like this Knicks team, then great. That, that bodes well for you know the evolution of their offense as guys learn it more, as they're able to add in more because they've practiced it more. You know, in a set in any setting against a good defense in the regular season, maybe you'd have a little more confidence if they come out to, tonight and they look great. Uh, another thing that'll be interesting in this game. It's just the rotations in general. I know we talked about this in our preseason preview, but it's going to change every game, and that's why I get a little more game-specific today. We heard Goga's going to play, and this is the first preseason game. So there are guys who might be on the team right now that won't be on the team for Friday's game against the Cavs. You know, the preseason stuff is kind of dynamic in how it shifts, right? Those Exhibit 10 guys, Terry Taylor, Kiefer Sykes, Nate Hinton. You know, maybe the Pacers decide after just one game of seeing them, okay, you know, we signed you for, to be in Fort Wayne anyway. We're going to get another guy in here for the same reason. See ya, right? This could be their only NBA action, maybe in their whole life, maybe just for this game. That's a little too granular, but it's still worth something watching in this game rotationally is we, we heard from Carlisle in his media sessions last week at practice that he's going to ramp up the activity of the starters gradually over time uh, in the preseason. So they'll be playing the least amount they will be playing on Tuesday against the Knicks versus other preseason games against the Cavs, against the Hornets. Uh, I forget who they play in their final game, but you know we might see more of the bench guys of Goga, of Terry Taylor, like guys of the deep bench guys who you know might have been out of the rotation anyway. But we're going to make the team like your Keelan Martins, for example. Although there aren't that many of those guys really on the team this year as there were uh, compared to past seasons. So we'll see how that all shakes out. How Carlisle kind of ranks his players. We've kind of heard you know, where, where he has guys playing positionally and and how he feels about them and their skills. But really seeing him put it in action will be different. And and I don't know how much the starters are going to play together, but that's another thing for me specifically is if they're only playing small chunks, are they only playing together, or is he going to mix and match some starter and bench combinations? Because something Adam's been harping on a little more than me on this, and we, we've said this so much, I don't want to beat it to death, but for our preseason and camp watching is, you know, can Duarte fight his way? Can Chris Duarte, the rookie, fight the way into the starting five, fight his way into a bigger role, right? Jeremy Lamb's ahead of him. Levert will eventually come back. And speaking of the rotation, Lamb, Warren, Sumner, all out. That's the whole injury report for the Pacers. That's expected. We have a whole podcast breaking down that trio of injuries, but they're not playing officially in this game. Levert designated as a sore lower back. That's noteworthy because it's the first time we've heard from the NBA or the Pacers what their version of the injury designation is, you know, Woj said it was a stress fracture. The Pacers are calling it a sore lower back. Levert's moving well in practice. I still think he'll be ready when the regular season starts. We'll see. But anyway, he's not playing. So maybe they mix and match the starters a little bit to where Duarte gets in with the, the unit they've been starting practice with or running with a lot in practice, Brogdon, Lamb, Holiday, Sabonis, and Turner. You know, how Carlisle decides to mix and match a little more or does he go hockey subs? It's preseason, but we don't want to see hockey subs to me, at least, you don't want to see hockey subs because that was a frustrating part of Bjorken is the all-bench units last year weren't very good. They got killed. Injuries were a big part of that. But, you know, sorting that out a little better and seeing how Carlisle mixes and matches, even if it's just, you know, if the starters are only playing, whatever, 15, 20 minutes, you know, how much of that 15 to 20 minutes is just with 
the one unit? How much of that 15 to 20 is with other guys that they could play substantially with? McConnell with other starters is a big one. He'll probably be the sixth man this year in some capacity, uh, him or Justin Holiday, but Justin's going to start for a while. So McConnell with starters is a big one to watch, even if it's only for a couple minutes. That's one that I personally will be interested in as well as Duarte, right? And Lamb, what, Lamb with the starters, really, because he could play himself into more playing time if he fits in well in actual game action with this team. So just because it's such a small chunk of minutes, I'll be watching how the starters play together in the limited minutes, what kind of guys. There's only a few opportunities to actually sub in with that group, right? So how Carlisle uses those opportunities will kind of tell us a lot about what he's thinking when they play more, and we'll learn more through the preseason, but that, you know, we've, we've beat the, the rotation drum to death, but because there's such a deep team at guard and at center, how Carlisle plays it out, we will learn a lot. Let's get some more Nick specific stuff. There's still a lot to talk about with them. They're a very talented team, but first let's take a little break and talk about two great groups of people. The first one, the awesome folks over at direct TV, because if you're like me, you've got one device to watch your games live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. Another, to watch your sports highlights, and a final one, maybe it's a friend or your parents log in to watch your shows, the good stuff, whatever you want to call it. Well, I want to tell you about a simpler way to get all that entertainment you love with no hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together and not have to deal with a million devices and million logins and all that. It's called Direct TV Stream. brings live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. The best part, no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter. Get rid of the confusion, get rid of the random varying payment prices, and get your TV act together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And let's talk about another newer group of people here to the Lockdown Pacers podcast, the great folks at Shopify. They give entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online, and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Believe me, this podcast started out selling you know, tickets usually or ticket sites, and now we're talking about Shopify and DirecTV, and we're not stopping there because success is a million milestones on a forever-evolving path. Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed down the street to around the globe. Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale, reach customers online across social networks and an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. You can gain insights along the way. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash MBA, all one word, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial to get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com. Slash locked on NBA, Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. So, another thing specific to the Knicks that I am intrigued by for the Pacers preseason action tipping off is they have Julius Randle. Julius Randle was awesome last season. Totally proved me wrong. I never thought Julius Randle was that good. Any hype about the Pacers signing him never made sense to me. And then all of a sudden last year, Julius Randle kicked butt. He made second team all NBA very deservedly. The Knicks were a top four seed in the East largely because of his talent and leadership. Now he's going to type of, you know, he got his extension. He's going to try to grow on that. And he was one of the guys that last year kind of showed what the Pacers struggled with, right? He, he struggled in his first performance against the Pacers last year, um, but he really rounded in a form and he finished with averages of 19 points, 10 rebounds and eight assists, eight assists. That was his big step forward to me 
was his playmaking last year. Eight assists per game against the Pacers, right? He was a bully. He just bowling balls his way down the lane, creates good shots, can create shots for his teammates, and that he can pass. Was a much better shooter last season, a much better shooter, right? He was just a way better player all around. And being an all-star and a second-team All-NBA player is no slouch, and he did it nonetheless in, in 38 minutes a game. So he's awesome. Julius Randle's very good and highlighted a lot of the weaknesses the Pacers had, and I've talked about this a lot on Lockdown. Pacers defending those bigger wings, right? OG Ananobi has a big game against the Pacers, right? Uh, a bunch of Hornets players, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, they had big games against the Pacers. Mikael Bridges had a big game against the Pacers. And, you know, a lot of stars fit that positional mold, Tatum, LeBron, Kawhi, whatever, but unusual players who fit that mold of player, the powerful bigger forwards who can kind of overpower smaller guys destroyed the Pacers because they had no answers for them. They were too quick for Sabonis. They were too powerful for Justin Holiday and Jakar Sampson. They just, they didn't really have an answer for those guys very often last year. And Julius Randle absolutely fits that mold to a T. So he is a good test for the Pacers in their first game of a new season to see this Carlisle system provide better solutions to that type of player. Or can they find better solutions with the talent they have? And, you know, having O'Shea now for a full offseason to grow with the team, they can focus on whatever muscle groups they want. They can put him in whatever positions they want. Does adding Torrey Craig, even maybe Duarte, but probably not. Maybe even Isaiah Jackson for like, I doubt they'd ever play Isaiah Jackson in a moment that Julius Randle's on the court. But between Jackson, Craig, and O'Shea, and their both their evolutions and their additions to the team, do they have better answers for that type of player? Do they have a way to put a guy on Julius Randle, and wow, all of a sudden, they're defending him, at least capably. They had nothing like that last year, right? Julius Randle just bowling balled their way through, and I, I've used that term twice now, but that's what it was. He just he would catch the ball in his favorite spot, take two dribbles into the lane. All of a sudden, he's got a good look. The Pacers send a second guy. Suddenly, a Knicks teammate has a good look because he can pass now, right? They had no answers for that last year at all, and and again, scheme was a part of it too. Sabonis had to chase him around a lot over screens instead of dropping in and, and being ready for that stuff. Um, but Randall's very good, and he'll be a good litmus test in whatever minutes he does play in this game uh, to see where the Pacers have evolved in defending that type of player and defending that skill set. And that, you know, it's a preseason game similar to the first segment. Nothing sets in stone anything for the regular season, but maybe it gets you a better idea of, okay, here's what I think could happen when they play Randall again, my light just turned off for those of you watching on YouTube later in the season or uh, perhaps, you know, other players of his mold. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they can defend Randall, what kind of solutions they use and all that stuff. He's just one of the guys I'm looking forward to seeing. And speaking of Isaiah Jackson, you know, we talked about this yesterday and just preseason action in general, but this could be because of the way, like I said, last segment with the rotation the way they're going to throw out the starters, the fewest minutes. And that could be good for the Exhibit 10 guys, but it's certainly going to be good for all the rookies. Kiefer Sykes is a rookie. Terry Taylor is a rookie. Chris Duarte is a rookie. Isaiah Jackson's a rookie. Those four guys could, in theory, play the most minutes in this preseason game that they play the whole preseason. It's a good opportunity for them to, A, show what they can do, and B, get a lot of minutes, get familiar with the NBA, prove to everybody what they can do. We've talked about this a lot in what to watch for in camp and preseason games. So again, I don't want to overbeat the same kind of drums that we've been talking about on Lockdown Pacers, but how do those guys look is very important, especially in higher leverage situations, which we could see with Duarte him playing with an actual bench unit against players who he could play against in real NBA games, or in the case of Isaiah Jackson, does he get any time like that? Does he play against any 
normal bench unit? Does he play with any normal bench unit or any starter? I, I doubt it, but you never know that he's been gassed up quite a bit in camp. And given the way the Pacers rotation will likely shake out, there could be lots of surprises with the rotation. So I will be interested in seeing the rookies in general, those two guys specifically because they could be on the Pacers for a very long time, given how restricted free agency works and the draft and first round pick contracts works, but also Kiefer Sykes, can he, you know, his last three summer league games are quite good. There's a reason the Pacers are medium high on him in terms of, you know, maybe having a future in the league, but can he prove it in an NBA game? He's played in preseason before with the Spurs uh, and with his Chinese league team that came over here for a tour. Can he continue? You know, he's got that experience. Can he show he's technically a rookie if he makes the Pacers team? I'm doing air quotes for those of you watching on YouTube. By the way, if you're listening today and you didn't listen yesterday, we are on YouTube now. If that's your favorite way of getting audio and video content, you can see my lovely face and listen to all this stuff on YouTube as well. So you can see me fidgeting with the light when it goes off. But yes, for Sykes, you know, he, can he can he continue to show the momentum that he showed in summer league and look good and fight for that roster spot? With Keelan Martin and Terry Taylor, you know, our preview for him and his question this season was, can he be Alize Johnson 2.0 and be awesome on the glass? I don't know how much he'll play, if at all, but if we do see Terry Taylor, what kind of skills does he show? Can he be a rookie that, that gets fans excited about, you know, the Mad Ants, their development, and getting him maybe into the NBA in the future if he really establishes himself in the G League, like a couple former Pacers have. So the rookies are just, in an, in, in general, constant quest of something to watch. Uh, in the preseason, they will be Friday. They will be next week. So, you know, I, I don't want to bring it up every game, but this game specifically, again, because we're talking about the next game, they could play the most or they have the biggest opportunity to play than they will in any other preseason game. So that's why it's a little more noteworthy. I got two more things to watch in Pacers-Knicks, the first Pacers preseason game tonight. But first, I want to talk to you guys about the great folks over at betonline.ag. They're back and better than ever, and BetOnline is the best way to bet on all your favorite sports, football back in full swing. They've got all the pro and college action over there. Updated site interface that makes it easier to navigate to where you want to go, find the bets you want to see. They even have some of these NBA uh, preseason games on there. The ones happening tonight are right in front of my face. I'm having trouble scrolling to tomorrow because I'm not very smart. But you know, if you want to bet on Pacers-Knicks, you can do that. Head over to the website on your mobile device to sign up today. If you use the promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit, football, basketball, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't want to take advantage of all the amazing offers available over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. A couple more things specific to the Knicks and this game that I will be watching. The first one, and this is similar to the Julius Randle bit, is defending Kemba. Defending Kemba in general. They didn't really struggle with these kind of guards last season so much. Um you know, this isn't like a thing like teams that can't stop Kemba Walker. Like, yeah, that's, you know, Kemba Walker is awesome. I get it. But, you know, Kemba against the Pacers two years ago, just so I can be specific, 27.5 points per game, 4.5 assists per game. He's done well against the Pacers in the past. And that was under McMillan even last year. He was really hurt. So it's kind of hard to really break down Kemba's performances. But he did have a big game against the Pacers, if I recall correctly. Yeah, last season, 32 points and six assists per game for Kemba against the Pacers. So he's always given... Brogdon fits. Brogdon's always kind of struggled with those lateral quickness guards like Kemba. So one Brogdon guarding Kemba is something to monitor. How much better has Brogdon gotten on defense? Can his leadership that has been so lauded in camp translate to the court? Can he look a little better containing someone like Walker, who's been an all-star several times in his career, four times to be exact, uh, is something to monitor kind of in a mano-a-mano -mano situation. But really the Pacers in general slowing down Kemba is noteworthy. One, because 
they've struggled with guys like him and him specifically in the past, right? So can they, do they have a little better answers? This is similar to Randall, um, but a different position. You know, do they have better answers for these type of guards, right? Last year we saw countless times. Sometimes it was Ben Simmons who can't shoot. Sometimes it was really good guards who can't shoot. They just chased them poorly around screens. They would drop too far off and give them too much space to shoot. They would give them too much space to be elite, right? And that, the intent of that was often to send two guys to them and make them uncomfortable, make them make a decision. But a lot of times, breaking news, guys like Kemba Walker are good at making quick decisions. That's why they're so good. That's why they're elite. That's why they're four-time All-Stars. So he's shorter. So their defensive scheme, in theory, could have worked against him last year. It didn't. He still tore up the Bjorker and stuff. So how does Carlisle's newly added back to the basic style that he's been harping on so much in camp, how much does that help? Slow down a guy like Kemba. How much can Brogdon do against him? I'm not sure Kemba, how much he'll play. He was hurt a lot last year. I'm not sure if he'll play at all. Although Tibbs doesn't seem like a guy who's just going to be heavy on rest, uh, a la Lakers and Nets in the preseason. So we'll see. But um, in general, just defending Kemba and even Fournier to a lesser extent, right? Evan Fournier has had some good games against the Pacers in the past. He'll be a good off-ball movement, catch-and-shoot kind of guy. Can the Pacers chase him around, make him uncomfortable, make him unable to drive to the basket and be a threat? All these kind of things are things that make me wonder. You know, we'll, we'll learn more about what Carlisle means by back to the basics. We'll learn more about how the Pacers have been operating all season and how good they've been. So I'm looking forward to seeing that and how and how they can defend Kemba, how they can defend Fournier against Tom Thibodeau in his system. And the, and the Knicks have some good bench guards too, right? Alec Burks, R.J. Barrett, same thing there. Remember last year, R.J. Barrett couldn't hit a three against any team except for the Pacers. It was the wildest thing. So I'll be very curious to see how the Pacers defend against those guys. And the last thing I'm watching in this game is just the role of the guards and ball handlers on the Pacers. The Knicks were a good defensive team, right? And that's kind of something I mentioned earlier in the show. But how does that play into what I mean here? Well, we saw last year with Bjorkren Ball, Brogdon had a kind of heavier usage sometimes, or Levert had a heavier usage sometimes. Well, this time, you know, if it's going to be this five-out spread thing, and Brogdon and Lamb and Miles have talked about the ball really whipping around in camp and, and the starting lineup being awesome. So just in general with Duarte, Lamb, Brogdon, McConnell, whatever other guards play, what is their role? How much are they setting stuff up versus how much are they just a nominal point guard who just dribbles up the floor, and then they just start whizzing around doing whatever Carlisle wants them to do? If at all, how much do the off-ball guards get involved in similar things, right? Does Jeremy Lamb ever set anything up or set up stuff for himself? Does Duarte ever get tasked with setting stuff up? Because one, that's just something every Pacers fan should be curious about. What are the transitions for the guards roles last year to this year? But two, it, it'll give you insight into Carlisle Ball in general, right? Who's going to be setting up the plays? How much are they going to be run through bigs? How much is it just spread and make it happen and read and react like we've seen with past Carlisle teams, if you look at Luka Doncic, a lot of screenshots of him starting a play or starting a highlight, the Mavs are just everywhere spread out on the court. There's so much room for him to make a play. No one on the Pacers is as good as Luka, but that style could be beneficial for a team that had a coach that packed in the paint a lot and then had a coach that maybe not too complicated, but made the offense intricate and, and, and tried to make guys do things they weren't necessarily comfortable with all the time in Bjorker. And so I'll be interested to watch the role of the guards, how it plays out against a good defensive team, right? Against the Cavs, all that kind of stuff won't be as interesting because that team last year, at least, maybe the Cavs are better on defense this year, but they weren't a very good defensive team, right? So they might just make some mistakes that make it look like the Pacers' offense looks awesome. Not to, this is going to sound like I'm belittling Keelan Martin and his performance, but 
Keelan Martin had 25 points against them, just slipping screens and, and, and fading into his spots, and he played awesome that game. Again, not belittling Keelan Martin, but the Cavs just lose guys a lot, right? So on Friday, you can't really get into the nuances of some of those changes into the roles of guards and the, and the roles of Carlisle's offense the way you can against a team like the Knicks. That said, preseason basketball is really ugly, really ugly. If you've watched any of the games that have happened so far in the NBA – Holy cow. Holy cow. They are just disgusting, disgusting things. So don't read into anything too much. It's preseason. Same with NFL. Same with Summer League. Don't read into anything too much. But this is a little more real in Summer League because the coach has his impact. We're seeing the actual real players. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I'm really looking forward to it. We will, of course, have recap, reaction, breaking down all this kind of stuff that I just talked about and all the stuff we're watching in preseason tomorrow. So we'll have actual basketball game to talk about how did the starting five look? How did Carlisle implement this? How did the rookies look? All that stuff we've been talking about so much. We will finally have tangible data and film to talk about tomorrow. So please come for that Thursday. We'll continue to break down preseason camp, rookies, everything. Friday, a Cavs preview. It's going to be an awesome week of real basketball to talk about here on the Lockdown Pacers podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and subscribing. Please, if you haven't, we're on YouTube now. You can see my beautiful face, but please just subscribe. That's huge for us there. We're already, I think, in the 60s in number of subscribers. That's awesome. I mean, it makes me feel really appreciated that you guys can do that. Uh, if we get to 100 by the end of this week, that'd be huge for us. I feel weird begging for likes and subscribes, but it does help us quite a bit as we launch onto a new platform. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. We will break down a real Pacers basketball game tomorrow. I can't wait. Everyone have a great day.